0: Good morning and welcome to another episode of Crime Over Coffee. I'm your host, Erica. And I'm your other host, Abby, and today I'm gonna to tell you about the disappearance of Naja Farrell. Today I'm drinking a hot vanilla latte that a friend brought me from a local coffee shop. And I am drinking some Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee, the at-home brew. Very good, very tasty, highly recommend. <laughs> so
1: pour yourselves a cup of or a glass or a mug or a bottle, I don't know, whatever you're drinking and let's dive in.
0: We will continue on with our content for this week's episode shortly, but first we wanted to take a moment to let you know about an opportunity to listen to even more Crime Over Coffee content. By signing up for our Patreon, you can receive ad-free episodes and additional content. To check out this opportunity and sign up for the Crime Over Coffee Patreon, visit www.patreon.com slash crimeovercoffeepod. Thank you again for all of your support. Nasha Farrell was a 30-year-old mother of two living in Avon, Indiana in 2019. She lived in an apartment near Avon, near County Road, 100 South, and Dan Jones Road. She had two kids, Thomas and Caden, and Nasha was really known as a family woman. She was in a long-term relationship at this point and was actually engaged to be married. They hadn't had a date set, but they were happy. Everything seemed seemed to be going well. She enjoyed spending a lot of time with her kids and her nieces and nephews. It was a a really connected family. She and her fiance decided to become foster parents and they actually took in three additional children to live with her and her sons Thomas and Caden. Ultimately she had decided and said to her family that she wanted to become a foster parent so that she could give back to the children who didn't have family or anyone else. Which is such a sweet thing. It sounds like all in all she was Such a sweet woman.
1: Yeah, that is really sweet. I know some people foster for the wrong reasons and some people foster for the right reasons. And this sounds like a situation where she was probably fostering for the right reason of showing these children love and giving them a safe Mm -hmm. home. That's great. However, I'm sad to see where this
0: goes. Yeah. In an interview with Naja's mom, Paula, she had said that her and Naja were very close, basically like best friends. Her mom said that she would kind of tease her and be like, My mom's my best friend, like, oh darn, kind of thing. But it was all lighthearted and it was it was a good thing. And they were they were really close. So all of this is wrapped up to say that things seem to be going well. Naja's clearly connected with her family and she's got she's got a pretty good life going. Now, Naja had been a stay-at-home mom for quite a while, especially while her children were really young. But in March of 2019, she'd actually decided that she was going to start working again. She took a job on the northwest side of Indianapolis at Panera Bread. And this was the Panera Bread located at West 86th Street near I-465 in Zionsville Road. So she was doing pretty well and she liked it. And on March 15th, she was due to show up for her third day of orientation. Nausea was due to show up around 5 a.m. She was obviously going to be working the morning shift and there is a camera outside her apartment that does show her leaving it. Now 5 a.m rolls around and Naja doesn't show up to Panera and what was really concerning was at the end of the day she didn't show up to pick up her kids from school and the school notified Naja's mom Paula and said hey Naja didn't pick up the kids Um, do you know what's going on can you come get them and Paula immediately was like Uh, -uh, Like something's wrong. That's not like her. This is I'm assuming when she probably called Panera and found out that she didn't show up there either. I know we've talked about this before,
1: but it's comforting sometimes in these stories to hear how many people just know that the second something's off, like her mom immediately knew that nausea would Mm -hmm. not miss picking up her kids from school. Like that's very out of character for her. It's so helpful in these investigations because it helps police have a better idea of a timeline and direct them and be like, okay, something's seriously wrong because this is very Mm -hmm. out of character for her. It's the same as like when friends are like, oh, that's not how they would park their car there's something wrong like it's that yep. same kind of situation there's just like an extra comfort in there
0: absolutely and you know in theory if the police listen and take it on and take it seriously they have a they have a jump on it because as we know time is crucial if somebody's missing paula tries to call nausea multiple times and can't get a hold of her and she calls the indianapolis metropolitan police department and notifies them and they begin investigating However, they do certain learn that um, Naja lived in Avon and was a Hendricks County resident. And because of jurisdiction, it immediately gets transferred to the Avon Police Department, who is a much smaller department than Indianapolis, understandably. They're, Indianapolis is a large city. Avon's kind of like a smaller town. And this occurred at the end of the day on a Friday. And so the case was not assigned to a detective until Monday morning. What? Okay, so even if it's it right, it's small town. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to say this
1: as nicely as possible. It's a small town. A person is missing. They don't have like an on call situation where somebody can do something. They don't have like this situation where like, hey, it's an emergency, like everybody come together, like you're gonna work a little overtime this week. That's yeah. not a thing. They're they're just like, we're gonna put it on the back burner and we'll address it on Monday. Three days later, we'll address it three days from now and hope that everything's just
0: kosher. Really negates literally what we just said. And we're like, it's good that they knew immediately she was missing because now it's like, well, we know Indianapolis got on it. But then Avon was like, it's pointless at that point. Like, there's no point in even knowing right away. Like they
1: immediately they're like, okay, cool. She's she's missing. Like, we know that that's fantastic. But we're going to just put it on the back burner. We'll see you on Monday. That's not something that it's like, oh, it's the end of the day. Like somebody's life could be on the line. Let's move on with our weekend.
0: I've got a barbecue to get to. What? Yeah. I don't know how that doesn't warrant like an emergency or like a, hey, let's assign somebody right now and get on this. What if a child
1: was missing? Or like, they? what if it was 4.55 on a Friday afternoon and they found a dead body? Are they just going to be like, oh, leave it there. We'll come back on Monday and we'll address it then.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it was like maybe whoever took the message or heard from Indianapolis just it didn't click for them that this was dire or they didn't care or I don't know if something got lost in translation who knows obviously that is a terrible thing okay well we're here on Monday after three days from when nausea was last seen And they do start searching for her. And apparently it was pretty extensive. They began aerial and ground searches across the city. They're looking in the areas where she was living and last seen. They're looking all over the place. They're looking at surveillance footage from the business area that's near the Panera that she was working at. And they're really not finding anything immediately. And apparently investigators even immediately was like, well, we don't really feel like there's a threat to the public in relation to this case. We don't know what happened. Um, We don't know who she was talking with, and we just kind of don't know what's going on. So we're not going to really quite yet associate it to there being maybe a killer who was involved. Now about two weeks later, they do have a little bit of something happen when they find Naja's car. And it was her black 2018 Nissan Altima, and they found it in a shopping center near where she worked in the parking lot of the Studio Movie Grill. And this is near the intersection of Michigan Road and West 86th Street in Indianapolis, so about two and a half miles east from where she was working. So in theory, remind me, how far did she live from where she worked? Looks like within 15 miles, probably. I don't have her exact address, but...
1: I was just thinking, so in in theory, because she's like two miles from work, right? In theory, she could have made it to work. Well,
0: her car was found two and a half miles yeah. from work. Oh. Two and a half miles. So you think yeah. maybe she parked her car two and a half miles away and walked there? No, like if she had made her, like if she would
1: arrived at Panera, say at 445, like if she would arrived uh, there early and somebody met her there and then moved her car to another location but if she's 15 miles from work it would it'd be weird that something would happen in her parking
0: lot and then they would drive the car 13 miles closer to her work sure you see what i'm saying you're saying yeah it's more likely that she was in the parking lot possibly or yeah or maybe
1: she stopped somewhere at a gas station to get like a drink or something but i know you said that they had footage of her like leaving her apartment building but it it gives us an idea that she was already in her car and had started her travel to work as well.
0: I think that probably helped narrow down the search if I'm thinking about this correctly. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And that's kind of further corroborated when shortly after this, there were some um, construction workers that contacted police because they found random papers and personal items near I-465 and Lafayette road in Indianapolis. So same general area. And Naja's sister, Jalisa, actually said, and I believe it was in an interview, that it was her ID and bank cards. And that's where this theory kind of comes in that, like, maybe somebody did meet her in the parking lot to rob her and tried to use her cards and couldn't make them work and then dump them.
1: Was there any evidence in her car?
0: Like, blood or... Anything like that that was suspicious? Nothing was released. So if they did find something, they are keeping it to themselves. I'm hoping they did. You know, I, it always seems like if someone's taking someone else's car and driving it, you would think there'd be something. But I know there's like precautions, you know, if you're wearing gloves and a hat and whatever. But I'm always just hopeful that there'd be something in there, a fingerprint or hair. But who knows? The other thing that you see sometimes that, or we've seen with
1: cars as well, is somebody will get in and drive the car, and the car, like the seat, will either be moved farther back or farther mm. forward to help give an indication of height. Whether or not they found that, I don't know. And maybe there's always the possibility that the individual's the same height as that person, but maybe the other individual was never even in that car, and maybe nausea had for some reason stopped
0: in that parking lot for something and that's when she was attacked that's kind of my that was my initial thought too now nothing else would come up until a little over or about a month away from when nausea was reported missing in april of 2019 there were two fishermen and they were fishing at a pond in crown point indiana and this is about two hours away and the fishermen call the Crown Point Police because they actually found a human foot on an embankment in the pond that they were fishing at. The pond was located off I-65 and 109th Avenue. And police and investigators arrive and they see that the the foot actually had a tattoo on it. And the tattoo was the name Naja. And They took a picture of the tattoo and they contact Naja's family and they confirm that that she did have that tattoo in that location. Wow. Okay, so the
1: likelihood that that is the foot that would be found and it would be the foot specifically with her tattoo, like her name tattooed on it. That's I I feel like that's some luck
0: right there. I know. Isn't that crazy? I, I do wonder how it got from Indy to Crown Point, though. Because that's interesting. Now, at this point, investigators and police are pretty sure it likely belonged to Naja, but they do run DNA and they are able to confirm that it does match Naja's DNA. Police and investigators start looking around the area and there are actually a few other ponds around. So they used sonar and cadaver dogs to search these areas. And something I found that I thought was interesting, and maybe I'm just overanalyzing it, in one of the articles I said, they search key areas of the pond and I'm just thinking what could be key areas like why not the whole pond and like not lake (laughs) not ocean like a pond
1: maybe they meant like searching the deep parts of the pond the deeper parts because if it was in a shallower area it'd be easier to see so maybe they searched the places where it'd be more likely like the deeper areas I don't know I'm just, yeah, I, I agree, no idea. drag, drag the whole pond.
0: But yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. Now, unfortunately, nothing comes from searching the pond in these areas. Investigators, though, are pretty sure at this point, there's probably something more nefarious that happened. I think that's a pretty safe assumption. I don't, from what I could tell, they didn't get much information from finding her foot, unfortunately. And they are investigating this. Apparently, it was a pretty extensive investigation. One of the articles I read said they'd filed more than 30 search warrants and have conducted about 40 interviews with family, friends, and people in the area where she was last seen. Um, Something interesting that I was thinking about, and I think Erica actually kind of said it offhand earlier, the fact that while it was far away, like two hours, it's off an interstate. And so it makes you think that maybe... You know they were just kind of driving far enough away from the city or the area where she was abducted before they were going to dispose of her. If something even worse did happen, that would make more sense that it's right off of the interstate. Because
1: it, I, in my mind, I'm thinking Crown Point like is a little more rural, rural of an area, so it'd be weird mm-hmm. for somebody to just show up there. But if the pond was like right on the interstate, then it
0: would be right that would make sense a little more sense, yeah. And it or i guess you know somebody whoever actually let's say if someone abducted her whoever did it actually was from that general area and came down to indy to rob somebody or find somebody and that's you know going back up that way indiana in the area around indianapolis isn't really that extensive so i don't find it that surprising that If somebody was living in one of those rural towns, that they would go into Indy to kind of cover their tracks if they were doing something criminally related. In 2018, Naja's mother, Paula, and other members of her family did do an interview talking about her case. And, you know, they're pretty convinced that somebody knows something and they want anybody who knows something to come forward. Obviously, you guys know... I'm not based out of Indiana anymore, but we started based out of Indiana and Erica's still living in the state. So that's part of the reason I was giving the streets and the intersections and everything specifically, because I think we probably do have quite a few Indiana listeners. And so I wanted to be specific about that things were found where things occurred in case anybody knows anything connected to her case. As I mentioned up top the episode, she'd go missing on March 15th, 2019. She was 30 years old at the time of her disappearance. She's African-American and a female who is 5'4", about 180 pounds, with black hair. And anybody with information about her disappearance is asked to call Crime Stoppers of Central Indiana at 317-262-8477. Thanks to listening to this week's episode of Crime Over Coffee. You can find us on Instagram at Crime Over Coffee or or on Facebook at Crime Over Coffee Podcast, where all of our photo and video content for each episode can be found. You can also email us your thoughts and case suggestions at pot at outlook.com. All of our sources can be found in the show notes for each episode. If you would like, you can support us by going to anchor.fm slash crimeovercoffee. You can also support us by recommending us to friends and family, giving us a good review on Apple Podcasts, or subscribing to us on your favorite podcast listening platform. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.